When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, and to our pre-season Forest Ramble. I'm your host, Rich Ferraro, and in today's podcast, we will cover transfers, tactics and team selections, job security at the city ground, and predictions for the forthcoming season from our panel. So we'll have all this and more as we're joined by some new voices on Team 1865, and we'll have the welcome return of our quiz, Guess That Red. And that's all coming up in this episode of 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. If you're new here, we are a fan-led podcast. We are Nottingham Forest supporters and we are absolutely passionate about sharing what we think are the key issues at the club. So we don't want to deal with any of the flannel. We're not a breaking news service. We want to give informed and intelligent opinions to you. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So we'll share the details of how to get in touch with us a little bit later on. So let's say hello to today's panel. And I want you to tell me which is your favourite out of the three new kits that Adidas have given us this season. So I'm going to start off with Tom Newton. Hi, Tom. Morning. Um, I, I just like the home shirt. I think it's very just basic, but quite neat. So, yeah, I'll go with the home shirt. And Stephen Topless. Hi. Hello. I like the away shirt, the blue and white striped, swirly striped. It looks better watching it in a game. When I first saw it, when it first came out, I wasn't convinced, but... Now I've seen the players wearing it. I think it's it's, it's quite nice and the colours are nice. Yeah, that's my favourite. And welcome to Maradona in the Midlands. How do? Um, yeah, I like the uh, blue and white striped shirt as well. I'm with Esteban there. It's uh, it looks uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I am um, I I like the shirt. I have a couple of concerns. Uh, the first one was, of course, 
Uh, I think Married on the Midlands, you alluded to it uh, when we spoke a little while ago. How will the Brazilians uh, react to wearing what's essentially an Argentine shirt? And then the other thing that uh, a few people have expressed, and uh, which is, of course, for those of us who are not as felt as a professional footballer, slightly concerned about the effect that the pattern might have on our midriffs. But uh, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, people like it, though, and, uh, and it seems to be popular. So let's move on. And before we go any further, I think what we should do is start off by finding out what's been happening at the city ground. Hi, this is Callum with the 1865 News Roundup. Um, it's been a while, so we have confirmed uh, Alaina and Anthony Alanga as the two signings so far this window, in addition to Chris Wood, who was made permanent. Um, the next step appears to be Matt Turner signing uh, before Dean Henderson as the goalkeeper. So it sounds like we'll be getting Matt Turner in and Dean Henderson should be coming towards the end of the window. I think Matt Turner is supposed to be the competition for Dean Henderson, but obviously with Dean Henderson's injury, Matt Turner may start at the uh, beginning of the season. So it's a bit up in the air at the moment um, and it seems like the stumbling block is the amount of games Dean Henderson needs to play before his obligation becomes permanent to move to Forest. So that's all up in the air a little bit, but Matt Turner seems like he'll be the first through the door, especially with Arsenal getting David Raya through the door as well. Um, there's been an offer for Roma centre-half Roger Ibaneth, who was linked with Villa, Newcastle and Spurs before Forrest submitted their 25 million euro offer um, but obviously now there's competition from Al Ali of Saudi Arabia so it depends where the uh, the youngster wants to go he's 24 so I imagine that he'll want to try and get to the top level before he, he chases the money um, a top target is Ibrahim Sangare that's been reported as well but if that kind of doesn't work out there's options for Tyler Adams and Wilfred Ndidi in that position um, left back Ismail Jacobs it's supposed to be a little bit too expensive the money might be too high for Forrest to get him in but obviously with Olaina and Nico Williams able to play left back I don't think Forrest are too concerned with that at the moment especially with Omar Richards looking like he's close to fitness again um, and then obviously there's that question mark over Harry Toffolo and how long he's got before he may inevitably get banned. Um, Brennan Johnson still has the interest from Spurs and Brentford. I think Villa have cooled off a little bit, but Forest asking price is 50 million. So it depends whether one of those clubs is able to reach that. You'd, you'd think it might be Spurs that are, if any are going to. Um, and then interest on Jonathan Panzo as well comes from Cardiff and Vitesse. Steve Cook has interest from QPR. And it seems like Forest is still keen to shift Emmanuel Dennis, Harry Arter and John Joe Shelby. Um, and then otherwise, in terms of incomings, it sounds like Forrest is still potentially interested in adding another forward. And it seems like they're tinkering a little bit with the Brazilian market, um, but none of them have seemed to seem to really move much further than interest. So it depends how that goes. And obviously, dependent on a one year's injury, if that's anything serious, um, you may turn up in pre-season towards, towards the end. You may come back at the start of the season. So we don't really know if that's an injury or if it's anything too serious. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the transfer news roundup. And thank you very much. And I'll be back again with the news soon. So thank you very much, Callum. And um, I mean, there's there's lots and lots of news to to digest there, Stephen. And of course, the thing that we've found out is uh, it looks as though Ibanez is uh, going to uh, I think he was Al Al Alali was it um, one of the one of the Saudi teams. Um, I have to say. I don't feel any 
remorse uh, uh, losing out on a player who's deciding to go for the big bucks do you Stephen no me neither if that's what he wants to do all power to him but yeah I'd, I'd probably rather not have a player like that at the club if if that's what's going to motivate them especially at the age of 24 so um, it was exciting while it lasted being linked to Ibanez, but I think we can move on and find other targets and hopefully we'll be able to do that. Tom, uh, any of the other bits of news that uh, Callum reported on that particularly uh, have, have struck you or, or caught your eye? Uh, it's just a bit frustrating with the goalkeeping situation. We've got a week, well, less than a week now until the start of the season at the Emirates. And it would have been nice to have had a goalkeeper um, in by now. I know Henderson's not necessarily going to be fit for the first game because of obviously the injury what he st- um, ended his season last year, which is still recovering from that. But uh, it would have been nice to get a goalkeeper. And if it wasn't necessarily going to be Henderson, we should have like moved on. Uh, a good few weeks ago but um, I just think with Turner I don't know a lot about him I think he played against England in the World Cup in uh, Qatar uh, just before Christmas but I don't know much about him in terms to have a um, vested opinion on him so um, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. And Married on the Midlands, uh, I don't know about you, but I had to suppress a little laugh slash cry when I heard the names Harry Arter and John Joe Shelby in Callum's report, did you? Yeah, I mean, what it's it's just so frustrating, and especially Harry Arter. He's just he's, it's literally going to be the end of his career now by the time his contract's up, and he's just he just wasted the last two or three years. He was a long time retired, and he he had plenty of money in the bank. He he should have gone out and tried to play somewhere for a little bit. You just you can't can't replace playing football. So it's a bit of a shame that really that he's uh, decided to just uh, take the money. Just mentioning Harry Arter has triggered another three-year extension to his contract, so uh, he's here for a while. Nah. Yeah, Tom? Um, with Harry Arter, um, if any of us was offered 40 grand a week or whatever it is to do very little, and that's the contract what's been put in front of you, you know you're not going to see that money again. I, I don't really think you can blame Harry Arter on this one. This, this is... Solely a, I mean, every transfer you have is a, comes with a, a risk. You don't know if they're going to work out or whatever. But I think you got to blame the club on this one for um, the contract. And obviously, he's maximised it to the absolute full, hasn't he? In terms of what, um, in terms of staying at the club for a, a lot this might be than... the only time you'll hear this comparison. But Harry Arter is essentially the Meza Urzel of Nottingham Forest. So <laughs> it looks a bit like him with his hair. Uh, if you say so if you say so now um let's go back to uh the stuff that we you know the pre-season uh stuff and that of course some of the players that we've heard about there have made appearances in pre-season some will be staying at the club some won't um if we're looking at message boards and social media there seems to be a fair amount of disquiet uh we know that pre-season is about fitness rather than results but should we be worried by the team selections and 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 also the tactics there's this continued use of a low block um i mean Stephen, what what are your thoughts the Low block, and I've I've seen a few people out on social media moaning about our style of play and our tactics. The the real the realistic thing is we've still got the same players as we did last season, really, and some of those are not playing at the moment through injury or you know they 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 might be on the way out the door. 
and we haven't strengthened for me in midfield enough to uh, progress the way that we play. So I think we've got to get used to this low block for a while yet. And it worked well for us at the end of, certainly at the end of last season and, and spells before that. So yeah, I think the way, where we are at the moment as a, as a team and with the players we've got in the squad, it's the best option available to us. And we were actually quite good at it last season. So I'm not too concerned by it. I'm, I, I trust what Steve Cooper's trying to do and I trust his knowledge of the players we have. So on that basis, I, I, I don't see any room for complaints at the moment. Uh, Maradona, just, just picking up on, on Stephen's point, uh, Steve Cooper has explicitly said he wants to move towards having a little bit more possession, more than 18% possession, <laughs> like we did in some matches last season. Um but yeah, I mean, realistically, we've still got the same person. In fact, we've got fewer players at the moment in pre-season uh, than the ones who who just about made it work in the tail end of last season. So we're a bit hamstrung, really, aren't we? We are. I mean, the, the experts at this stage, with a week to go before the start of the season, we've, we've got to sort of just temper our expectations now and, and admit that it's going to be a very similar season to last season because we've essentially got the same squad. Um, it'd be nice to play sort of fast, uh, free-flowing football, but just the, just even watching them in the Eintracht Frankfurt Frank, friendly yesterday, they, we just were not very good at passing the ball. I mean, we weren't <clears throat> we weren't all last season. We weren't very good at passing the ball to each other and keeping possession, and we're still not. I, I, Frankfurt looked so much slicker in possession and sort of passing it around with such ease. It just seems really difficult for us to do that. So at the moment, with the squad we've got, is I think it's just gonna have to be that low block sort of style and sort of not not having as much possession. I just I don't see how how it can change at the moment. And Tom, I think uh yeah, so we we've we have to stick with the low block because of the personnel available, but are you concerned about the lack of personnel available? So we were hoping you know, Omar Richards went public with the story of of why he's been out for so long and saying he hopes to be back for the start of the season, but he hasn't featured in pre-season yet. We've got Felipe, who was injured for the last match of the season. He hasn't featured in pre-season. We've got, uh, just as an example, we've got players who apparently are fit, like Scarpa, but he's not really using him even in pre-season. So, so Tom, uh, I'm always a bit sceptical about about criticising managers for team selections, but at the same time, should we be concerned about the personnel who are available? Yeah, I think we still haven't got that strength in depth. And I think um, if we stay in the uh, the Premier League for a couple of years more, then the strength in depth will um, improve over time. Um, but I think with what's happening with um, Saudi Arabia, I think that's distorted the transfer market. Uh, with players' valuation, uh, et cetera. And I think Forest have, tr- uh, have tried to get players in, uh, but for whatever reason, uh, either teams were a bit higher than us in the Premier League or the big money what's uh, available in Saudi Arabia, I think that's um, becoming a bit of a negative towards us. Like, we just can't get deals over the line for whatever reason. But uh, I think, I just hope we don't panic in the last week of the transfer window um, by um, thinking, oh, we need this and and absolutely upsets the balance of the side. Um, so I think we just have to play a bit of a waiting game. But yeah, I am slightly concerned, but I think that I think the club will know that 
would lack that bit of depth and quality and hopefully it'd be addressed sooner rather than later. And 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 Tom, you've you've identified goalkeeper. Which other positions would you like to see strengthened? Uh, I'd like a commanding midfielder, whether it's Sangara or somebody else who can actually get hold of the ball and actually break through the lines. Um, I think that was one of the problems last season where there was a huge gap in the midfield and other teams used to, well, control the midfield and we lost the, a lot of midfield battles, hence the only at times having 18% possession. So if we can get like a commanding central midfielder, um, hopefully sort the goalkeeping situation out. Uh, left back, if Omar Richards is going to be back sooner rather than later and got Olorana there and Williams, I think we're all right there. Uh, right back, we're not too bad, but uh, probably a, another centre-back because if Felipe's keep breaking down and Nikate's um, injured quite a lot, isn't he? Um, so another centre-back and another central midfielder and hopefully another striker, then I think we'll be OK. Stephen, Forrest have appointed uh, two or three uh, people in the physio and strength and fitness uh, positions in attempt to avoid the injury problems of last season, but um, that's going to take time to 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 come through, isn't it? And and at the moment, we still have players who are taking a long time to come back from injury. And then, obviously, then you have sort of freak situations. So Nia Kate didn't have a bad injury record before he, before he came to Forest, but then he was out for most of last season, and then he's got this freak injury, which is just something that can happen. So um, yeah. I mean, is that a case of having to be patient and play the long game and hope that the improvements that the new staff can make will have a positive effect? I think we've got to hope that that is the case, that these things will take time. It'll it'll take a bit of time for the new staff to bed in and work with the players and figure out the players that they're working with as much as anything else. Uh, John Fern is, is the name of the new physiotherapist who worked at Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel. So, yeah, he's got a good pedigree and it's a position that I'm I'm quite glad that we've we've recruited him because it shows an awareness that injuries were a big problem for us last season and we're trying to do something about it. So, yeah, it won't be an immediate uh, impact that we see, but I'm hoping that over the course of the season, the work that the likes of John Fern will do will help to improve our injury record and get players on the pitch for longer for us because that that really did damage us last season and could have potentially sent us down. Luckily, it didn't. So, yeah, any, anything there that we can improve on, I think, is is a bonus when you compare to what happened last season. Maradon, the Midlands, I mean, it sounds on the face of it as though those are strategic uh, appointments that have been made since the new uh, chief football officer Ross Wilson has come in. A strategy is only as good as the amount of value you attach to it, though. So I guess it'll once again hinge upon whether the club hierarchy stick with it. And unlike the examples of George Sirianos, Andy Scott, and Filippo Giraldi, it's all very well making strategic appointments, but you've got to give them a chance to do their jobs, haven't you? Yeah, I don't think they will. I can't see them changing it during the course of the season. Now, I think I think they'll be in in for, for the season, um, or unless there's a change of manager or something like that. Then obviously they like to bring in their own own people. But 
I can't see why they'd want to change it. They they gave the last lot of physios um, the entire season, so I can't see that changing during the season. Mm. And you're talking about <laughs> if there's a change of manager. So so let's move on and let's 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 talk about that um, as much as I'd rather not have to. Uh, so as with last season. Uh, we've been asked to contribute to the Observer's Premier League fans panel and uh, their first uh, previews have been published today. So we're recording on Sunday, the 6th of August. And uh, yeah, in today's Observer, you can read my views about how Forest will do in the season, who the key players and weak links are and, and the positions we need to uh, try and strengthen. And you'll also get my predictions, but we'll come back to predictions a little bit later. But the bit that I want to just focus upon is that uh, all of us, as our as the fans panel, are asked to um, say who we think is going to be the headline maker at our club. And uh, uh, so, you know, the Newcastle contributor said, well, it's, it's Jason Tindall, isn't it? Because he's, uh, you know, Eddie's uh, right hand, right hand uh, thug. Um, for me, I said the headline maker. Well, it has to be the owner, doesn't it? Because <clears throat> Mr. Maranakis, he's invested so much into the club and a lot of the kind of infrastructure improvements, trying to get the club running like an elite level club. You can tell that the will is there. But on the other hand, he remains a bit trigger happy. And of course, as we say, many of the club's backroom staff found that out last year. Um, in our group chat, not just over the summer, but over the last year, the thing that the very clear theme that's emerged is that uh Maranakis has realised that if Steve Cooper has the backing of the fans, it's not worth changing the head coach. But it's hard not to think that Cooper will be under pressure. So I guess the question is, Tom, if we have sticky patches like we did last year, do you think that Mr Maranakis would actually pull the trigger on Steve Cooper? Or like last year, will it be dependent upon the fans? I think a bit of both, really. Uh, nothing surprises me in football. Um, but I think why the popularity is there with Steve Cooper and obviously got us into the Premier League and kept us in the Premier League, I think long as the fans are on, they were in favour of Steve Cooper, I think he will stay here. But like I says, um, if we do have a sticky patch in, he does go. Um, having supported this club for, well, I'm 35 now, so I've been going for what... Um, 30 odd years nothing surprises me at this club so even if his popularity and stock was quite high and we did have a sticky patch it wouldn't surprise me if he did get um did get the uh, fired but hopefully it will stay here for um, a good few seasons and um really establishes as a premier league club Maradon the midlands i mean baz who uh, for new listeners he's one of our regular contributors uh, and he made the point that um, basically uh, he's concerned that, especially with the low block and everything, that um, actually Cooper's going to end up kind of carrying the can for maybe a lack of personnel available to him, the tactical adjustments he's making there. And therefore, maybe the fans' patience might run out a little bit more than it did last season. What do you think, Maradona? Yeah, I think that's a definite risk. I think the uh, novelty of being in the Premier League is going to wane slightly this year. Um, you, you saw that the patients running out towards the end of last season, sort of that that long period in the spring where we, or, um, late winter, where we couldn't win 
matches and we kept on losing every away match then the people were criticizing Cooper the people who were sort of traveling <clears throat> uh, home and away week in week out they did start to criticize him um I think if if we are sort of near the bottom of the t- table come November he's, he's going to be in re- immense pressure Maranakis even even after the last uh home game of the season against Arsenal he could have just said, yeah, I made a great decision to keep Cooper. But he, he qualified it with the fact that there wasn't anybody else available at the time. He didn't need to put that in. But he did say, he did say, we kept Cooper. I made the decision. I made the great decision to keep Steve Cooper and because I couldn't find anybody else. So if he thinks somebody's available there and Cooper's in trouble, I, I can see him pulling the trigger this time around because I think the criticism will be a bit louder because people maybe have expectations now that we've been in the Premier League for a year and we want to see a bit more but realistically it's got to be the same as last season just survival mm. hold that hold that thought uh Tom as the person on this panel who went to the most away matches last season did you feel that there was a bit of because obviously the home atmosphere was immense and it got us over the line and our home form was was good and the fans were roundly behind Steve Cooper at the city ground. Our away form was relegation stuff. Did you feel that the fans were less tolerant of the head coach and his approach to the game when we were away from the city ground? Um, a, a bit of both, really. Um, going to the away games, I think when we was up against like just quality, it was just kind of like, we're like learning on the job, i.e. when we played Arsenal when in, I think it was the end of October where we lost 5-0. Their, their quality was just unbelievable. And same with Man City when we played them at the end of August. Uh, I think there was times where there was just we shot ourselves in the foot and it was kind of, the opinion was that as long as our home form as it was, was decent, it will keep us in the Premier League. Um, but um, going forward, I don't think we can rely on home form alone. Come, we've got to be uh, a bit more streetwise away from home. And we did probably from February time. I know we lost 4-0 against West Ham. We started getting a bit, getting grips with um, away matches. Um, we got two all against um, Chelsea, 1-1 against Palace, which is not the easiest place to go to. And we had a really spirited display against um, Liverpool where we only lost 3-2. So I think the, the players know about the Premier League away from home now and hopefully they're a bit more streetwise and don't shoot themselves in the foot. But we'll just have to wait and see how that transpires um, over the next uh, coming months. Stephen, as the resident optimist of 1865, have you got anything to add to that? I just hope that the tough starts of the season that we've got doesn't warp people's perspective because we're playing Arsenal away. We're playing Chelsea away. We're playing Man United away. We've got Man City fairly early early, early on, I think. We've got some tough fixtures to start with. And I don't think it would be fair to judge Steve Cooper or the team based on that early run of fixtures. There's every chance after six or seven games we're in the bottom three because of the quality of teams we're up against. That's the Premier League and the top end. You can play brilliantly against these teams and they'll still beat you quite comfortably. So we need some perspective and I would hope that Steve Cooper's not judged on the the opening few games, given how tough they are and that people look at the bigger picture and that goes for Maranakis as well. 
and remember where we are also. I I think we're still a, a year at least ahead of schedule. We we got promoted way too soon before we were ready, as brilliant as it was. We've stayed up last season against the odds. In in theory, this could be had the plan worked slightly differently. This could be our first Premier League season right now. And we're preparing to come up and be the new Premier League team. Whereas I think we're a year ahead of schedule and we're still getting to grips with the Premier League and understanding what it is and and how to compete there. So yeah, there's still a lot of factors at play for me. And I just hope people, the fans and and the club are, are realistic in their expectations. And here was me thinking that we stuck rigidly to the five-year plan of, of, of getting into the Premier League. Anyway, Tom, yeah. Yeah, you never know when you play these um, so-called um, bigger sides early in the season. You might like just catch them on a bit of an off day while they're like um, just getting used to the um, cut and thrust of the Premier League. So, I mean, last season, um, Brentford uh, beat um, Man U, didn't they? And Brighton beat Man U. So, and, so you never know, you, you might have them on an off day and we might have everything go for is and you, you never know you might come away with like a, a win at the end which I'm, I'm not saying we will but you, you just don't know in football do you but it's probably in some sense just get them out of the way with uh, get the tough away games I know they're all tough but get the, the likes of Man U Chelsea Arsenal Man City away early on might be a good mm. thing for us we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you in a few weeks about that one then Tom uh, <laughs> yeah Maradona just uh, to close part one of this podcast the thing that I also found myself saying last year was that the thing that'd be an absolute kick in the nuts if Cooper were to get to get the boot would be that he would emerge within a few months doing an absolutely outstanding job at another club who potentially could have been us. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, he, he probably he probably would. I mean, I'm not sure if he'd get. A- a Premier League job straight away, you might have to drop back down to the Championship again because the Premier League clubs tend not to um, appoint British managers very easily. Um, tend to like a bigger name on the whole. Um, but yeah, he, he there's no doubt, even if he does ever leave Boris, he's, he's, he's still got a very long and successful career ahead of him. Okay, thank you very much. So uh, thank you to the panel. In a few minutes, we'll be back with more discussions and, of course, our Forest quiz, Guess That Red. But in just a moment, we'll be back to discuss our predictions for next season. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest Podcast. Welcome back to 1865, the Nottingham Forest Podcast with me, your host, Rich Ferraro, and our panel, Tom, Stephen, and Maradon in the Midlands. Still to come, we'll hear our panel's predictions for the season, and we'll have a game of Guess That Red. But first, a quick update from our friends at FanHub. You'll have heard before that you can predict your team and log your attendance at matches to get rewards with FanHub, but now they've added some additional features, including finding other Forest fans in your area, 
even if you're not in Nottingham, and you can message other Red supporters to coordinate lift shares and just go for a drink. Um, to join FanHub, the simplest way is to download the app from their website or go to your app store and keep an eye out for our golden tickets, which we publish on our social media before every match day. These enable you to skip the waitlist and join the fun straight away. And just as an additional note, we also hope to have some new features and prizes for you uh, on our own feeds. So keep an eye on our socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and now Threads. And all the links are available by visiting 1865.football. So as we move on, I'm just going to go back to the discussion. And I asked you all to predict who your top four would be in the Premier League, who your bottom three would be, and also where you think Forrest will finish in the league this season, and who your player of the season is likely to be. So I'm just going to come back to you in a minute, panel. But first, let's hear from some of our contributors. I'm going to start off with Adam, and then our new contributors, George and Ellie, before we go back to Callum and then Baz. OK, so here are my predictions for the upcoming Premier League season. Top four will be, in order, Man City top, Arsenal second, Man United third, and Newcastle in fourth. I think the bottom three, it's tough, but I'm going to say bottom of the league, Sheffield United, 19th, Luton, and 18th, I'm going to go with Wolves. Um, I think they're really going to struggle this season. I do think Lopetegui is going to leave because he seems very frustrated with their lack of business. Um, I think Forrest will probably finish, I'm going to say 14th. I know that sounds probably a little bit over the top, but we really clicked on second half of the season. We're going to add probably three or four key players. I think we can definitely do better than last season. And I think the teams that are down there are worse than us. Um, so I, I think about 14th, I'm going to say. And I think our player of the season, without a shadow of a doubt, will be Morgan Gibbs-White again. And hopefully books himself on that plane to Euro 24. Thanks, Adam. Let's move on to George. So my Premier League predictions uh, for the top four. I've got my top four, but I'm not sure of the order yet, really. Man City, Arsenal, Man United and Liverpool will be the top four. Um, I'm hoping that Man City don't win the league. I don't think a team's ever done it four times in a row because they've done it three at the minute. So for that reason, I think I'll go for Arsenal to win the league because I think you look at the signings they've made, they've strengthened in the right areas. And last season, they ran them to the last 10 games. So those signings, even though maybe not experienced, they'll have the experience of last season. They'll know, you know that games don't finish at half-time like they did at West Ham. They've got to play the full game. So I think Arsenal... I'm going to go purely out of hope, really, for Arsenal to win the league. Man City second. Uh, I'll go Man United third, Liverpool fourth. For the bottom three, I think Sheffield United will go down like most people. I think it's Everton's time. Let me look at the signings they've made. Ashley Young doesn't really excite anyone. I think they've signed that Dan Juma from uh, Villarreal or something who couldn't even get a game for Tottenham last season and see how bad Tottenham were. So that doesn't really give me any hope. And I think it's time. They've got lucky the last few seasons. So I think it's time for Everton to go down. I've got uh, Wolves as well. I mean, yeah, the club's in disarray. The fans are not looking good. The manager looks like he wants to leave. So unless things change quite quickly there, I've got Wolves to go down. I think Forest will just stay clear of it. Luton will probably finish uh, 17th and then Forest 16th. 
I think people have been put off really by Forest in pre-season. But it's only pre-season, isn't it? Last season's pre-season didn't go well either, but we managed to recover. So I don't think it'll be an easy season, but I think we'll finish 16th. I think we've got enough individual quality, like Morgan Gibbs-White, um, who's my player of the season. I think it's between him and Felipe. But I think those two will be integral in Forest staying up. So Forest 16th and our player of the season to be Morgan Gibbs-White. Thanks, George. And now Ellie. I think season 23-24 is going to be quite difficult for Forrest and it's probably going to be more of a return to form for many of the big six. I think it's going to be a season we're a little bit more used to seeing in terms of results compared to the chaos of last season. Um, I think top four will be fourth place Liverpool, I think they'll return to form a little bit, third place United. Between first and second, it's definitely between Man City and Arsenal again. Um, but I'm going to say Arsenal. I think they've strengthened their squad. And I might just be being hopeful because I want to see someone else win. Um, I think Newcastle narrowly missed out, but with Champions League and their depth of squad, I think injuries might hurt them this season. But I think they'll be fifth. Um, and I think... The season for Forest is going to be really difficult. Right now, with the squad we've got right now, I'd say 15th. But assuming we make the signings we need to need, need to make, like a keeper, a left back, just strengthening in general, a couple more signings, I'll say 13th again. That's what I'm going to say. And um, going down is evident West Ham and Sheffield United. Everton West Ham have not done enough to strengthen their squad. They struggled last season. Sheffield United, I don't think they've got what it takes to step up to the Premier League right now. And my player of the season for Forest is going to be, I think, I think Taiwo one year. He was really on form last season and I think he's only going to get better. Let's hear again from Callum. So my predictions for this season so far, I would say the Premier League top four, I'm going with Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Chelsea in that order. I think that Man United will be sniffing around the top four um, and Newcastle as well. But I think that Chelsea's signings are all going to gel together this season because they are good signings. They've shifted quite a lot. And I think that the signings Nicholas Jackson and Nkunku are going to really um, fired them up a little bit more. Um, I think the bottom three, um, I'm stuck on Wolves, Luton and Sheffield United. I think Wolves have lost too many good players. They're in too much financial difficulty. Um, I think there are a lot of teams around that kind of relegation mark, that bottom eight or so, that haven't improved. Um, but I think Wolves have lost too much in Neves um, and other players. So I think they'll go down with Luton and Sheffield United. I think that Forest will... I think will come maybe 16th or 17th at the moment. Um, I do think we could be in trouble of filling that third place in the bottom three at the moment, but that could change depending on signings and injuries coming back and stuff like that. Um, and I think that Forest player of the season, I think we'll have Gibbs White again, I would say. Um, I do think he's just our main attacking threat um, and he's a standout performer. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be Gibbs White again. Okay, and last but not least, let's hear from Baz. 
I genuinely thought that if we'd managed to stay injury-free last season, we could have finished uh, mid-table. The few points in the season where we did manage to string this uh, relatively consistent side together, uh, we showed what we were capable of. But and all we really needed was like a couple of judicious signings to to give us some cover and plug the holes. Um, but the club did the right thing in concentrating on the backroom staff. But I don't think we've actually managed to to plug those holes. So. I'm kind of worried about the season coming up. The fact it's going to be our second season, I think there's going to be some raised expectations amongst some of the fans. I think we're going to really, really... Um, people know about John Owen Gibbs-White, so people, I think we're going to struggle in a lot of ways. Um, for the rest of the Premier League, I think Arsenal have got it in them to push on this season um, and, and take that final step. Whereas Manchester City, even though Pep's got a really good reputation for refreshing sides... I can't see them having the same intensity. Manchester United have plugged the holes they've got. Newcastle are going to be fighting on four fronts. I think Chelsea are going to push on. Spurs is a bit of an unknown, but um, Liverpool's a bit of an unknown just in terms of um, whether Jurgen Klopp can hold it together. But I can see the top four being uh, Arsenal, City, United and then Liverpool. In the bottom, uh, Wolves haven't really done anything so I think they're going to struggle Sheffield United I can't see them doing very well Bournemouth haven't really pushed on either and Luton's a bit of an unknown I can see their home form maybe doing what happened with us and keeping them up so bottom three of Bournemouth uh, Sheffield United and Wolves I can see us probably finishing 17th again second season raised expectations and um, our important players they're, they're known factors now, which also means that I think we're going to have to go for Ryan Yates as our player of the season. OK, so thank you very much to our panel there. Um, you'll have noticed a couple of new voices if you're a regular listener. So we're delighted to welcome George Edwards and Ellie Mollison to Team 1865. You'll hear more from them in our future podcasts and match reports. We actually did 63 podcasts last season and we plan to bring you a match report after every single game. and many more podcasts besides. Uh, again, for regular listeners, our sketch writer, Jeremy, is currently on holiday, but we'll bring you his latest musings before the season opener next weekend. Now, we've heard from those contributors there. Uh, the consensus appears to be that they think that Forest are in for another season of struggle and, and Married on the Midlands, you've already alluded to that, um, is the aim once again to avoid relegation. Um, yeah, I mean, Back in the last season, having survived, I think a reasonable aspiration would have been to finish in the 10th to 15th spots this season. So if you're finishing there, you're flirting with relegation, um, but you ultimately you manage to stay up with a relative degree of comfort. So looking at teams like Bournemouth last season, West Ham, uh, likes of those. So, I mean, that was a reasonable expectation if you... Um, hope that the transfer window would go according to plan. It's maybe not gone as well as we would have hoped so far, but there's still a month to go, more or less, so it could change. But I think, yeah, say say we do bring in two or three players, I think 16th, 15th is, is a reasonable expectation for him. OK, so just quick fire. Uh, what's your prediction for Forrest's finishing position, Tom? Um, 15th. Stephen? 14th. Okay. I'm going for 16th. And then the other thing, top four predictions. So uh, once again, quick fire, Tom, who do you think is going to be top four in the Premier League? 
think City will be top uh, with Man United pushing them very close because they've got Rasmus Hoyland in and Anana. I think Arsenal will be in there because they will just carry on from last season. And I think Poch will sort Chelsea out and I think they will get into the top four at the expense of Newcastle. Okay, just as you did with Grant Holt, I'd say you're possibly redefining quickfire there. But uh, (laughs) let's move on to Stephen. Arsenal to finish top, Man City second, Man United third and fourth, Newcastle. And Maradona? First Arsenal, second City, third Man United, fourth Liverpool. Which is what I said as well. And then um, bottom three, let's go around quickfire again. So, Tom? I got Wolves with all their problems. Luton, I just think they won't have enough. And I think Everton will finally go. I think they're going to be the new Sunderland where they've been like... um, they're all thereabouts to go down and they eventually will go this season. And they'll go into free fall if they're something like Sunderland. Uh, Stephen? Wolves to finish 18th, Luton 19th and bottom Sheffield United. And Maradona? Sheffield United, Everton and Luton. Okay, and I've gone for Everton in 18th. Wolves in 19th and Luton in last position with apologies to friend of the podcast, Ryan. And uh, then who do you think is going to be the Forest player of the season? Tom? Uh, Gibbs-White. Stephen? Morgan Gibbs-White. Maradona? Danilo. Okay. And just as a bonus, uh, who do you think is going to be the first Premier League manager to get the boot this season, Tom? I think if he doesn't walk... Before he's pushed, I think it's going to be Julian Lopetegui with all their problems. So I will stick with Lopetegui to be the first manager to go. Stephen? I agree. Lopetegui first to go. Maradona? Dyche. Ooh, ooh, controversial. You can oh oh you, you can tell the guy who listens to Talksport he's just throwing that grenade in there. Okay, I'm gonna go for Lopetegui, although I think that Marco Silva might walk before then. Um I have to say that when the observer were asking me, it's quite difficult to ignore the fact that Steve Cooper could be on that list of managers to get the boot, but uh, we've kind of discussed that and I don't want to go over it anymore. Anyway. We've had a bit of discussion there, and now it's time for this. 1865, Guess That Red. Yes, it's time for the return of our Nottingham Forest quiz, Guess That Red. So Quizmaster Tom is going to ask us five questions about a Forest player, past or present. And us as our panel, we're going to have to shout out and see if we can guess who it is. And do play along at home, won't you? So over to you, Quizmaster Tom. Right, the first question is, I my side had a historical win against AC Milan in the 96-97 Champions League group stage. Rich. Go on. Oh, you see, it's not a player. I was going to say Sabri Lamushi. No, it's not Sabri Lamushi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Question two. I started my professional career in 1994 for Rosenborg in Norway. Rich. Go on. John Olafjelder. It is John Olafjelder. Woo! So the other ones was after I left Forest in 2003, I played for Bursan Icons in South Korea. Then I then the, the question after that would be... Um, I ended my career at Mansfield Town in 2007. 
And the last one was I scored four goals in 157 appearances for Forest. And um, I thought you were going to have a question there about his boy, who's uh, currently in the lead squad, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Leo, isn't it? Leo yeah, Helder. Yeah. Was it Celtic for a bit? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the guest that I read today is John Olaf Yelder. I wouldn't have known the bit, of, uh, well, I wouldn't have remembered the bit about Mansfield Town, actually. Yeah. So well, I have to say, also, listener, you can't see this, but Stephen and Maradona looked absolutely nonplussed all the way through that. <laughs> I wouldn't have got any of those clues. I, I could have sat here till the end of next season. I would not have got that. <laughs> Stephen? I was a few seconds behind you. Rosenberg made me click Norwegian player, Kjelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. It was that. Um, but Tom, could you see where I was going with uh, mentioning Sabri Lamushi? Because famously he played against us in the UEFA Cup, didn't he? He did. He did. So, um, but yeah, he held a, yeah, played next to a player called Bjorno, uh, Bjorn Otto Bragstad, who I think he had a stint at Derby around about the turn of the millennium. So, well, didn't we all? Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, the thing that I should uh, point out is that. Uh, this season, at Tom's behest, we are now introducing a system of, of rewards. So uh, what's the reward for the person who wins Guess That Red this season, Tom? So you can pick any song to end the show on. Well, I think I am going to go for, and this is actually Baz's suggestion, in tribute to the heyday of of, of having Chris Bart Williams and the Paul Hart days as well. Uh, I'm going to uh, go for Born Slippy by Underworld. Tune. Yeah, okie doke. So that is it. So that is the end of this edition of 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. I want to say a big thank you to everyone. Thank you to today's panel, Tom, Stephen, Maradon the Midlands. Thank you to FanHub for awarding match-going supporters. And of course, to the Sports Social Network for supporting this podcast. Also, I'm going to offer thanks to the 1865 podcast, who, as usual, has been tangling her tail up in my headphones, and also to producer Romeo, who's quietly been beavering away in the background. Most of all, thank you, listener, for joining us. And thank you for your comments on Twitter, Instagram, threads, YouTube, and TikTok. If you like what you hear, please do share our podcast via social media or leave us a review with a lovely comment, especially if you're using Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with Jeremy's sketch and then we'll have the first match report of the season from the Emirates. And we'll follow that with a report after every Forest game this season. Until then, from me, Rich Ferraro and the entire Team 1865, do look after yourselves and each other. And here's that tune. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.